Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I am here at Calvary Chapel Greeley with you, hosting today's program. And I would invite you to call in at that number that was just given to you to ask your questions or give your prayer requests. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. It's always a blessing to be with you, a privilege to be with you. And so give me a call. we got open lines. Love to talk to you. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. And there's another way for you to be able to ask a question or give your prayer request through a dedicated text line. That's a different number, 720-336-0897. So text in your question, your prayer request. In between calls, uh, we will go to the text line, but would love to hear from you. Lots going on uh, right now. It is the 9th of October, and as we start another work week, uh, we start a, a work week. We start this week with lots going on in the world, particularly those of us who are Christians on our mind is what's happening in Israel, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But if you got any questions concerning the prophetic scenario, uh, what the Bible has to say about Israel in the future days, uh, we're going to uh, be able to answer your questions on that. And the, the Lord desires for us to be wise and discerning in the days in which we are in. So, But before we get into that, I do want to shout out to those who are listening on Grace FM here in Colorado. Uh, along the Front Range, you are listening live, as well as those Radio by Grace, uh, many stations across the United States. You two are listening live on this Monday afternoon or evening, wherever you're at. If you're on the East Coast, of course, it's evening. It's after 6, 2 hours ahead of Mountain Time. Or on the West Coast, it's the middle of the afternoon. But welcome. And then those who are listening on the Grace FM app or uh, the uh, you know World Wide Web uh, on the Grace FM uh, website, you're listening. we got international listeners that are tuned in today. Uh, from Mexico and Brussels and Belgium. We want to welcome you. So glad that uh, technology connects us all together. And then I also want to welcome those who are week delayed, Hope FM uh, on the East Coast and Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio in Idaho, and then Living Water Radio in Corpus Christi, Texas. Being a week delayed simply means that you get to call me and we'll talk, and then you get to listen to the broadcast a week later. So Give me a call. Uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord. There's, as I said, a lot going on in the world as war has broke out in Israel. And uh, we want to uh, be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, we want to be praying for the situation uh, there in Israel. Uh, um, a lot of uh, implications that are there. Uh, also pray uh, for uh, those who uh, have suffered so much loss. There's it's uh, What happened uh, was just um, tragic and overwhelming, and uh, just trying to take it all in is is a lot. So um, we want to take the time to do that. 
uh, during the show. I want to read to you from Psalm 121. On yesterday, on Sunday morning, the services, I kind of diverted from our study in Habakkuk and went into Psalm 121 as the psalmist writes, that I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved, and he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. So, Lord, as we start this uh, week and we start this program, we do lift up uh, Israel to you. Uh, So many killed. The numbers keep going up as war has broke out. And, uh, Lord, just seeing the images and seeing uh, the tragic event that took place, uh, it breaks our hearts. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and we know that Israel has a special place, the apple of your eye, as the psalmist writes. And, Lord, a special place in in your plan is, uh, Lord, we know that you will fulfill your promise to Israel. And, Lord, so we just... uh, ask that you would help us to be discerning of the days that we are in, uh, to be one that we are, um, Lord, looking to you to keep you an eternal perspective. And so, Lord, there's a lot to to just kind of um, to look at and a lot to think through and pray through during this time um, that uh, we see all these things going on. Lord, we know that you're coming as soon. And even as you said, when it comes to Israel, you won't slumber or sleep. And it's true with our lives as well. You won't slumber and sleep. And we are told not to sleep, that we are to be awake and we are to be sober and vigilant because the Lord's coming at a time we do not know, a time that we least expect, to be wise and discerning of the days in which you are in. So, Lord, I do pray that you would just help us, uh, Lord, just keep our eyes on the things above and on you and on eternity, on the Word of God, what is declared to us. And Lord, knowing that um, that you are faithful to your word, heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus said, not my word. So we just commit all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday afternoon. Text line 720-336-0897 is the text line. We're going to go to Wani in Strasburg. Hey, Wani, how are you? Hi. I am so well, and I so appreciated um, your prayer and the psalm. I'm going to be praying that for my own prayer. Um, so there's a there's three things. I I know of three a mother and her two adult daughters that are in Jerusalem. We're supposed to come home today, and of course that didn't happen. And then they were rescheduled for Wednesday, and now they have no idea when they're going to be able to come home. So their protection, right. And um, then there's a young mother, first-time mother. She's a very, very high-risk pregnancy. Her name is Kelly, and um, they're going. the doctors haven't decided are they going to take the baby by cesarean. It all depends on her heart and just how things are going. And the baby is due at the end of the week. And there's a pastor in the corridor where I live in Strasburg. His name is um, Pastor Dusty. He's the senior pastor at Journey Church. And 
recently they removed, um, are they, he went in and they, there was a, a tumor in his navel cassette, uh, cavity, and they removed the tumor, but it's cancerous. It's a very rare form of cancer, only 16 known cases in the United States, and he's having surgery, and it's going to be very long and very involved. So okay. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. Father, we do pray for, first of all, I want to pray for Pastor Dusty, who has this tumor, and Journey Church, and Lord, we uh, as he's going to have very difficult surgery, we just lift him up to you. We pray that you give him the strength and and. Uh, to go through the surgery, give the doctors wisdom, but Lord, that your hand would be upon them and upon Dusty, Lord, uh, that you would uh, bring healing, that you would bring um, recovery. Uh, Lord, we just lift them up to you, and I know that his flock is concerned for him, and uh, I thank you that uh, that uh, he's been used of you, and I'm sure that he places his life in your hands, and Lord, may your hand be upon him during this time. I pray for Kelly, this mother who's uh, due to have a child, high-risk pregnancy. Lord, you are the one who wonderfully and fearfully makes us in the mother's womb. And I pray that this baby would be safe, be delivered safely, um, that the baby would be healthy, that you'd be with Kelly um, at, during this time, that there'd be peace that would be with her. And uh, Lord, to give her the strength um, Right now, as she gets ready to um, to either go into labor or whatever happens if they have to do surgery, cesarean. But Lord, we do pray that um, that everyone would be healthy, and Lord, that uh, you would bless them. And Lord, we do pray for this mother that and her two adult daughters in Jerusalem stranded, uh, trying to get flights back. It is chaotic right now, and uh, we just pray that uh, you just give them peace. Um, give them assurance, Lord, uh, that um, that they would be able to to be able to just wait for that time when flights start coming in, and Lord, to be able to get out. Uh, in the meantime, just uh, help them uh, to be where they are in a place of safety. Uh, again, we pray for your protection upon Jerusalem and upon them uh, during this time of war. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff, and I so appreciate your ministry on the radio and and what you do when you you know for to say the prayer. Thank so much. Thank you. We'll be praying. I appreciate your call. So be praying for those. Matter of fact, we got all open lines right now. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. Uh, the text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. Uh, be praying for those. Uh, I know there's another pastor that I know that's on the ground in Jerusalem. Uh, as of yesterday, we were hearing that things were quiet, but of course some rockets have been shot into Jerusalem towards Bethlehem, which is close by, and um, and also just some trouble up on the northern uh, front up by Lebanon. So uh, we're watching things carefully. Um, a lot of flights have been canceled coming in. Uh, American Airlines uh, as well, and also uh, not only those who are in Israel, because Israel was very busy with tourists and um, people that are seeing uh, the land of Israel. And we uh, here at Calvary Greeley are we're planning, are planning, uh, I don't know what's going to happen next week. We were set to leave, 
and to go to Israel for our Torah, and everything's on hold. And it just brings, uh, I know a number of pastors that, you know, they're wondering, are we going to go? And we're set to go this week or next week. And so just pray for us for wisdom, for direction. And it's just waiting and uh, watching and seeing what's going to happen. And uh, we, of course, want to make sure that uh, the people are safe. But right now, the airline that we're going to use is not flying into Tel Aviv. So a lot of decisions to be made. And, and you know, it can you you wait so long for these trips, and this would be the tenth time I believe that I've been to Israel. I'll have to go back and count. Um, so I've been there before, but for a lot of people, it's their first time and a year planning. And we're just trying to make wise decisions. We really right now can't make any decisions uh, because I'm sure that all the tour companies are scrambling. They've never faced anything like the, this really before. Um, and they're trying to figure things out. And, you know, people are trying to get out. Um, it's just it's just difficult. So if you um, could just pray for those who are there. And, of course, um, just the tense situation and for safety and, uh, and for those who have to make decisions uh, like us uh, going into Israel, uh, that would be much appreciated and um and so it, it's it, it's something that um could begin to kind of wear on you you know emotionally and taxing on you mentally and all of this so all open lines right now on this monday 303-690-3000 is the call in number the text line 7203360897 7203360897 I'd love to talk with you maybe you got a question about uh, Israel and Israel's role in the last days. I think there's a text question that is up. We'll go to it, but I'd love for you to just be able to ask, uh, to be able to ask um, about as we see these things going on around us, what is our reaction to it? And uh, one of the things as I was sharing with my congregation yesterday, I, I kind of diverted from our study in Habakkuk, uh, and Habakkuk, it, there were some close ties to it, because in chapter 1 of that book, uh, there is the prophet there right before the Babylonian captivity uh, would begin. He's really kind of wondering about some things. Lord, why are these things happening? Lord, it seems like you're not working. And the Lord said, I am working a work in your day. And to know this, that the Lord is working a work in our day. And we can see things that it seems like has fallen apart uh, around us, not just in Israel, but we see the tensions, of course, the, the war in Ukraine. We see China uh, and the other things. We see things going on politically, militarily, economically, and they concern us. But here's the thing. Things are falling into place. And God told us through his word that there'd be signs, there'd be upheaval, there'd be uh, these things that would be taking place. He told us as Christians that uh, we are to be discerning of the days in which we were in. And you recall that it was Jesus, the religious leaders, that came to Jesus and said, show us a sign. And he had been working all kinds of miracles and, and things like that. And he said that you asked for a sign. Um, listen, um, that you say that the the evening skies red is going to be fair skies, the evening skies or the morning sky is red, that it's going to be stormy day. You can discern the weather, but you can't discern the the coming of the Son of Man. 
And we are to be discerning in the days in which we are in. Listen, things are happening quickly, and, and things are happening according to what the Scripture says. And we are to be wise and discerning and to be watching. And uh, that's what uh, I hope that we can encourage you in, to keep a biblical perspective, because we can look at all these things and it can be very, very overwhelming. And the Lord doesn't want us to be afraid um, he doesn't tell us what's going to happen in the prophetic scenario to frighten us. He he does it to prepare us and for us to be wise and to look up and rejoice, he said, when you begin to see these things come to pass uh, because your redemption draws near. So give me a call. Got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is that calling number. The text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to New Jersey, Hamilton, to Gabriel. Hi Gabriel. Uh hello. Hi, you're on you're on Calvary Live. Oh, thank you so much. Um I um it's a first time caller. Um I just wanted to say thank you for what you do and um for right. this congregation. It's amazing. I love listening to you. Uh, I do listen to um ninety point five, Kayla, I listen to in anything God inspired, so I wanted to yeah. thank you. Um my question real quick um, is is there a way to detect, I guess, where and what and where we are um, in Revelations? I mean, there's a lot going on, you know, seals, trumpets, bowls. I mean, it's, we're trying to find as Christians, I guess. I'm myself a non-denominational Christian, um, but, um, you know, I just wanted to hear, you know, your thoughts. I mean, it's I guess no answer is a right answer, um, but... Well, I you think know, that, the answer, so. yeah, I, you know, we're told in the scriptures so we can know. And as we put the prophetic scriptures together, we can have a good idea of what is ahead for us. We do know that in the book of Revelation, that in chapter 6 through 19, as you made reference to, um, you know, bold judgments and and those things, that that's going to happen in a period of time that's called the tribulation period. It's a seven-year period that begins in chapter 6 of the book of Revelation with a man coming on the scene. He's riding a white horse, the first seal that is opened up, and he's conquering on the conquer, and this man is known as the Antichrist. He's going to be a world leader. He's going to come on the scene. He's going to be an economic leader, we know from Scripture. He's going to be a military leader. He's going to be a political leader, and he's going to be a religious leader. And he is going to oversee, he's going to come out of this revived Roman Empire. So as you put the book of Daniel together, as you put the uh, other prophetic scenarios together, the book of Daniel talks a lot about him coming out of this revived Roman Empire in the last days. And as we know that he'll come, he'll seemingly be a peacemaker but halfway through that seven-year period, as you read Revelations chapter 11 and 12 and 13, this one who is directly influenced by Satan himself is going to show his true colors. And what he's going to do, according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, is he's going to go into the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Now, there's not a temple there right now, but eventually it is going to be rebuilt. Um, we know from Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 that correlates with Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, that the seven-year period called the Tribulation period begins with the Antichrist riding on a white horse on the scene. He's going to make a peace treaty with Israel 
for those seven years for a week. And halfway in the middle of that week, he's going to go into the temple. Uh, There will be a temple at that time. Uh, We could discuss, you know, how uh, they're preparing for the temple. They got all the furnishings ready to go. They're training young men in the priesthood to do sacrifices. Um, Things are pretty much ready to go. They just need a building. But he's going to go into that temple, and he's going to proclaim himself as God, to be worshipped as God in the temple of God, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. It is at that time he's going to command the world to worship him. And he's going to put away uh, and put down and destroy the false church that is on the scene. Anyone who does not make their allegiance to him will not be able to buy or sell, who do not take the mark of the beast. And then he's going to lead the world into such destruction that will lead to the Battle of Armageddon at the end of the seven-year period uh, in the Valley of Megiddo. And at the end of that seven years, Jesus Christ comes back literally, physically, in the second coming of Jesus Christ, uh, and he will then establish his kingdom. So that's what's ahead. Just so you know, because Gabriel, a lot of people are unfamiliar with end-time prophecy. Uh, It's not taught in the church, perhaps. Maybe they're new to Christianity Maybe it's a little bit confusing, but I want to make it clear that we are not in the tribulation period. This is still the church age, and there's going to be an event that's going to take place that's called the rapture of the church. When we talk about the return of the Lord, there's two specific events. There's the rapture of the church, where 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he will come, and he will receive us to himself. Harpazo will be caught up to meet him in the air, a generation of Christians that will be alive, that will meet the Lord in the air. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it will happen in the twinkle of an eye, at the speed of light. We'll meet him in the air, and and he um, will meet us, and then um, that's the rapture of the church where he takes us out of here. He will take us out of um, the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth, Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. I believe the rapture of the church when he comes for his church will take place before that seven-year period. Then there will be seven years of tribulation where the focus, once again, Daniel makes this very clear in his book, is on Israel. There is going to be those who are going to become believers called the tribulation saints, Uh, We know that Israel is going to recognize during that time that Jesus is their Mashiach, uh, the Scripture talks about, and uh, God will intervene on behalf of Israel when it seems like uh, at the Battle of Armageddon that they're going to go down. So God has a plan for the church, that's the rapture of the church, a plan for Israel, and then at the end of that seven years, he comes back, we're going to come back with him. So again, the return of the Lord, there's two distinct events, the rapture of the church where he comes for his church, then the second coming of Jesus Christ, where he comes with his church, and then will rule and reign with him. So I kind of threw a lot at you in a very short time, but as you read the book of Revelation, chapter 6 through 19 is that seven-year period called Daniel's 70th week, or what is called the tribulation period. Wow, thank you so much. Um, I think that, um, I think as as, as Christians, we all... um, or it's, it's everything is a learning um a learning process and uh and uh, I thank you so much for your wisdom and for um 
and for your time. I've taken tremendous amount of notes during the time, <laughs> the short time that we've spoken. Um, uh, I'm very grateful. Um, I was not aware that we are still in the church age. I was under the assumption that we were kind of like in the tribulation age, but it's thank you for clarifying that. You bet. And, you know, Gabriel, you're bringing up an important point, because when something like this happens in Israel, when there seems to be turmoil in the Middle East, right, right. now we see war is broken out. Right. Yeah, and what happens is Christians say, well, our is this the battle of Armageddon, or is this the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38, or whatever the case may be? And we need to to really know um, what the Scripture has to say so we can answer people. And, you know, back in the 70s, when the Jesus movement was taking place, um, when there was a real interest in biblical prophecy, it was a tool that was used to evangelize people. Hey, the Lord's coming back. Israel's back in the land, as promised. Uh, things are, you know, coming together, the signs, the birth pangs, and even more so now. But what has happened in some circles of Christianity is there's an ignoring of end-time prophecy when there should be, you know, discernment. There should be Bible studies in the book of Revelation, uh, end-time prophecy, um, to have a proper perspective of, uh, you know, the days in which we are in. And uh, we're commanded to watch. We're commanded by Jesus to be looking because he says, I come at a time that you do not know. So, you know, it's it's good that you're asking these questions, so you're learning. I know that it can be a lot, um, you know, that we cover. But you can begin to understand the prophetic scenario. And what it does is John says in his epistle that as when we see him, we will be like him. And he who has this hope purifies himself. In other words, that when we know that we're going to see Jesus, that he could come for us, we don't know the day or the hour, you know, ignore the date setting that people have done and the weirdness and all of that. But if we believe that perhaps, just maybe, we don't know the day or the hour, but maybe my Lord who died for me, who loves me, that maybe he'll come for me today. It has a purifying effect on us. We're not going to be just living for the world and living carnally in all of this, but we're to keep our eyes on the Lord. He said, "Occupy till I come," and it 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 just it it should uh, excite us, even though we grieve when we see the things going on around us. And it's not just in Israel, but we see what's going on in the world. Uh, that it, um, you know, these things are are told they're going to happen. Paul said the last days will be perilous times. Not that it might be or it could be. It will be perilous times, and uh, and we know that God has a plan that He's going to see us through. And um, and so keep studying and call and ask any questions that you have uh, as we just move forward in the days ahead. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, I also want to say. Um, uh, like I said previously, thank you for what you do. Um, I will it's keep listening, and, and I urge, I'm going to urge other Christians to, to follow suit because what you're doing is a blessing, and thank you so much. You bet. Absolutely. Hey, 303-690-3000 that call-in number. we got open lines, so grab one of those open lines. We are headed for the break. And um, text line 720-336-0897. One of the things that you have to be careful of right now, too, is there are going to be a lot of voices out there. So be discerning of what you're listening to. Uh, tons and tons of videos and YouTubes and information that's out there. 
line everything up with the Word of God. And there'll be those who will come along and start quoting from Joel about the moon being dark and, you know, the sun not shining, things that will happen in the tribulation period. We are not in the tribulation period, but we are, you know, um, rushing towards that time where the Lord's going to come for us at any time, and then um, then that period will happen. So be discerning and wise um, in what you're listening to, uh, the voices that are out there. Make sure that it lines up with the Scripture and the context of it. So I'd love to talk to you more about it. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Grab one of those open lines, and we're going to be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday, the 9th of October. And so give me a call. Got open lines. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Maybe you got a question some questions have come in about end-time prophecy because we see the things going on in Israel. Israel will be the epicenter of Bible prophecy, um, and so we pay special attention um, to what is taking place, and we want to um, just be able to be wise and discerning in which we are living in. So give me a call, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number to be able to ask your questions and to give your prayer requests, also the text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Seth in Meridian, Idaho. Hi, Seth. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I was calling because, you know, I, I, was, I was basically raised without God or any of that, you know. My mother passed away at a young age, and she was the only one that had any influence of that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't a Christian or anything until I was about 18. And then you know, I just, out of nowhere, at the fear of the Lord, came down, stuck around for about two years, and I'm 27 now. And I've just had an overwhelming, like, pull back. But one thing I've been struggling with, Seth, you're you're breaking. Yeah, yeah, you're you're breaking up. Go ahead. I I think you're kind of back with this. Okay, so I was calling about a question about Hebrews five four. Um, What what are your thoughts on that? Uh, You know, it's impossible to bring back to repentance. You know, those who've been enlightened. Yeah. It's you know it's uh, Hebrews six four that you're talking about is one of the more difficult verses that um, that you know that is in the scriptures. There's a lot of debate on it. Um, you know, does it say that you can't come back? I, I I will say this. I don't think that's what in short what Hebrews chapter six and it, it's really a long Bible study to walk through it and stuff. Because what I see in the scriptures, anyone who truly wants to repent. The Lord accepts. The Lord accepts. 
Anybody who really wants to come back, he doesn't say, oh, it's, you know, it's too late. It's never too late. And we always encourage people, come home. That's the the uh, parable of the prodigal son, that the father went to the edge of the road looking for his son to come back. And he, he I, I, I think about, you know, how did the father know go, to go to the edge of the road to see his son come back? And then he would run to his son who had been out sinning, who said, I need to go home to my father. I think his father looked every day, went to the edge of the road looking for him to come home. And so I always tell people, to those who do have family members and and, uh, children, grandchildren that are prodigal, keep praying that they'll come home. So anyone who truly wants to come home to the Lord, he's going to receive you. He's going to receive you, and the message, listen, I want you to always understand this, Seth, and remember this. The message has always come. It has always come. I don't see in the scriptures where Jesus says, get away from me. It is come, come to me, uh, come and see. And he desires for you to come back to him um, because you can do that. And he invites you to do that today. He invites you to do that right now. Awesome. I was just, I don't know, I've, I've had... I think it might just be the spirit telling me too that it's the devil kind of quoting it out of context for me. But I just I felt like I needed to talk to someone about it. And, yeah, uh, and you know it is it is a difficult verse, and you know um, you can look at it, but you know people will look at this and think, and they'll teach it in a way that I can't come back to the Lord. It's too late. I can't repent. Yes, you can. I can tell you that, and you can dissect this as he talks about. You know the, um, you, you know these things here about is it possible for those who were once enlightened, and you know I can go into this expositional, expositional explanation, but for the sake of right now where you're at, for you is come home. You can come home, and the Lord, you're feeling and you're sensing and you're hearing the conviction of the Lord. Now, the conviction of the Lord is always good because it draws you to him. He's saying, come home to me. Quit going the direction you're going. The enemy will condemn you. And you're probably hearing the condemnation of the enemy because the enemy says, God isn't going to receive you. What do you mean, come back to him? It's impossible. You can't do that. Um, There's no way. You can't come back to the Lord. You've been in the pig pen. You know, what do you mean, you know, that you can come home to him? But that's the condemnation of the enemy to push you away from the Lord. So he desires for you to come home, for you to come right now and to know that he will receive you sincerely in your heart. You say, Lord, I am so sorry. Lord, I've been away from you, but his love never fails in that. And his grace is available for you. And the message is to come, come home. And um, and that's what he wants you to do. So are you ready to do that? I am. I'm just, I'm, I'm afraid to go back to my old church. I don't, it's not that they were teaching anything wrong. It's just, I just, I don't know. I walked away and I. We'll try going back. Guilt and shame there. And I mean, Put I understand it, that's not yeah. of the Lord. But. Yeah. And that's part of the condemnation of the enemy. One of the things that I tell my congregation is that this place is a place where people can come. There was a gal that wasn't too long ago that she came forth to 
you know, just rededicate her life to the Lord. And she told me she sat out in the car for a little bit because she just felt, you know, like she wouldn't be able to do that. She felt condemned, you know, that she wasn't worthy enough. And and the church should never make anybody feel that way, that when they want to come back to church, when they want to come back to the Lord, that we are there to encourage you. And I'm sure that, you know, I don't know what church you go to, but that they will be there to encourage you to come back to him and to be there to support you and to pray for you and to build you up in the things of the Lord. And that's what the church is to be about. So don't don't be afraid because of that. Um, you come back to the Lord and you be in a place where you're going to be prayed for, encouraged, and built up in grace and in love and the truth of Jesus Christ. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens shop, iron. But, you know, uh, we're here. We're here to, um, you know, to... The, the church should rejoice in times like that. Um, and the Lord certainly rejoices when, you know, you go through Luke's gospel, those parables of the prodigal son, of the lost coin, of the lost sheep. He leaves the 99 to, to find the one who's lost and rejoices over it. Um, and those parables are there because the religious leaders were saying to Jesus, well, you hang around these sinners. You hang around these people that aren't religious like us. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. Let me tell you some parables. And he tells those parables to show them that I do care about the sheep that's lost. I do care about the the son who walked away but now has come home. And the only time that you ever see the father in a hurry is when he ran to receive that son. And he's ready to receive you right now um, if you just let me pray with you and just say, Lord, I'm not going to let the enemy condemn me. No more excuses. I know the invitation is for me to come to you. Yes, sir, that sounds good. Okay, you ready? Let's do it. Father, I do pray right now for Seth that he right now would just in his heart say, I'm coming home to you, Lord. I'm coming home to you. I'm reaffirming my belief in you, the Son of God, who died for my sins. Forgive me. Forgive me for being away from you. And, Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, help me to just stay close to you. I know that your invitation is to come home. I come home right now. Turn away from where I've been. Uh, I repent from all of that. I put it under the blood of Jesus. And, Lord, I want to draw close to you, to learn of you, to, to walk with you. And, Lord, I thank you for forgiveness. Lord, I just rededicate my life to you right now. And, Lord, I thank you that you received me um, as the prodigal, as the lost sheep. Um, And, Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness. And help me to be in a place where I can grow in the word and just to be encouraged in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Seth, you need anything, you call us, okay? Will do. I appreciate the call. Okay, don't listen. Don't let the enemy rip you off, okay? Don't let the enemy or anybody else rip you off. You stay close to the Lord. You walk with him, all right? Yes, sir. Okay, all right. God bless you. you. Hope to hear from you soon. Any of you that are out there that are prodigal, come home. The Lord says, come home to him. And the invitation is always come. Come and see. 
Um, and anyone who truly wants to repent, he's going to receive them. And um, he's going to um, forgive, and he's there, and he's such a gracious, wonderful God. So, hey, let's go to Andrew and Greeley. Andrew? It's Adrian, Pastor. Okay, you're on Calvary Live. Sorry about that. No, don't be sorry, brother. It's okay. I was just making sure you you got it right. But yeah, Pastor, (laughs) uh, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Praise the Lord. Good. Good. Um, what do you, yeah, what do you... I was telling the brother earlier that I was go reading through Mark today, brother, and um, Mark, to be specific, Mark thirteen thirty, mm-hmm. where the Lord talks about. I truly say to you that this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. So it just kind of blew my mind to think that like. In another Bible, it says that they will not see death. And so I was just wondering what what he meant by that, or if, um, if you kind of could give me a little bit of an explanation as far as what he meant, like this generation won't pass or won't see death until all these things have come to pass. Yeah, and it's a good question, and it's a question that gets asked a lot, and there's a lot of discussion on that. What you're reading in Mark chapter 13 is what's called the Olivet Discourse. And just kind of to set the stage of of what you're asking is um, the disciples had come to Jesus and began to ask him, uh, what's the sign of the end of the age? Uh, Jesus is in his last few days before his crucifixion. Uh, they they uh, in, in Mark's Gospels recorded that they're walking across the temple and they said to Jesus, look at these magnificent stones that make up the temple. And Jesus said, not one stone will be left upon another. And those disciples, they they were really, you know, taken back by that. What do you mean? They equated the destruction of that magnificent temple with the end of the world. So they said, listen, when will what will be the sign of all these things to be fulfilled? So Jesus begins to, to tell them. And he's going through the signs um, that will lead up to the great tribulation, the coming of the Son of Man. Then he tells the parable of the fig tree, and he says that when its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it's near at the doors. And I say to you that this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will no means pass away. Now this this parable has been interpreted to death. But in simplicity, what Jesus is saying, that uh, in Luke's Gospel, says Jesus said, when the fig tree and all the trees begin to bud, when you, you know that summer is near, so when you begin to see these things, what things? The signs that he just got through talking about in Mark chapter 13. Uh, the signs, um, nation will come against nation, earthquakes, there'll be pestilence, there'll you know, be false teachers on the scene, um, you know that my coming is near. Um, and he goes on to say that I say to you that this generation will by no means pass away until all these things take place. What happens is people will take that verse and try to make an equation out of it. And they say that the fig tree, which we do have a good case for, the fig tree in the Scripture represents Israel. Uh, you see that in the book of Jeremiah, that figs represented Israel in a vision 
the fig tree represents Israel. And when you see Israel come back, when it begins to bud, that that generation will not pass away until all these things happen. We'll, we'll see the coming of the Lord, the, the rapture of the church. And what they'll do is they'll say, okay, uh, a generation is 40 years. So there was a guy that wrote a book, uh, 88 Reasons Why the Lord Must Come Back in 1988. Sold lots of books. Um, The Lord's got to come back because of this verse that you are wondering about and just asking about. Um, And the Lord didn't come back. Um, And and so is it a generation 40 years? Is it a generation... a hundred years under Abraham, um, you know, the definition of a generation. There's all kinds of speculation and guesses and people trying to come up with the formula. I don't think Jesus said that so we can try to guess when his coming is because he said that he comes at a time that we do not know. That word generation can mean race. And what I think that Jesus perhaps simply is saying is that when Israel comes back into the land, the budding of the fig tree, that's what Bible scholars call the super sign, the super sign of the end times. It was, you know, that Israel being the epicenter of Bible prophecy, a lot of things cannot happen, um, it, you know, in the end time scenario unless Israel is back in the land. The Jews are back in the land, in their original homeland, and um, once that happens— we know that the end-time clock began, and we are in the last days, and we're getting closer to the return of the Lord. So that word uh, generation uh, may be translated race. I think Jesus is saying once they're back in the land, um, they're going to remain there, um, and they're going to stay there um, until the second coming of Jesus Christ, of course. And, of course, we also know, as you put the rest of this in the prophetic scenario together, that they're going to recognize that Jesus is their Mashiach, and then he's going to restore Israel when he comes back to establish his kingdom. So in short, that's that's what the verse is saying. Yeah, so pretty much the Lord is just referring to the future generation that was going to see these events happening and be able to confirm his prophecies. Yeah, and, you know, he said, when you see all the the leaves, know that summer's near. And when you see these things begin to happen, as Luke's gospel says, look up and rejoice for your redemption draws near. So the birth pangs, the, you know, these signs that we're seeing, you know, when a woman goes into labor, uh, the contractions are more frequent and more intense until a baby is birthed. Well, we see these signs happening, the things going on, even as I believe what we see happening in Israel today, it's not a fulfillment of Ezekiel 38, and and people are asking that, and we may not have time to really explore it today, but it may be a prelude. We don't know, but we do know that Israel's going to be isolated. Israel plays a, a very important role in the last days, that's why we watch Israel, and once, as Amos' prophecy says, they're in the land, they're not going to be plucked out. So I think Jesus is saying that this race, this generation, once you see the fig tree uh, you know, blossom, know that summer's near, even as we are in the last days. And um, so that's a simple, for me, interpretation of it. But again, the, the, this parable has been interpreted to death. Yeah, and I was gonna just just to uh, 
follow up on that, I was going to ask you if you believe that the what's going on in Israel right now is kind of part of the signs of the end. You Would you consider that a sign right now that we're living through? Yeah, I, I would consider it because we've always watched Israel. And we know from the book of Zechariah that it tells us that Israel will become a cup of trembling in the last days to all the nations. And all in the scripture means all, that Israel is going to be isolated. Um, this We do know that um, the scripture talks about um, the battle of Armageddon, Ezekiel 38, um, those two battles that are yet future, wars that are yet future. And so it's, it's a study that is, is very fascinating. So what's happening today is, um, I think, uh, perhaps, you know, uh, you know, we're going to see this isolation of Israel. We're going to see it become a cup of trembling to all the nations. And could it be uh, stage-setting events to lead up to Ezekiel 38? Some suspect that it could. Um, we don't know for sure. It, time will tell. And it's a study for another time. But um, Israel is is hated. There's a spiritual dimension that is there. Uh, and that is that Satan would love nothing more than to do away with the Jews, to exterminate them, because a prerequisite for Jesus' coming is that they're going to recognize that uh, the Messiah, Jesus is their Messiah. It's kind of like um, Satan tried to, you know, uh, drown the the baby boys um, in the Nile River when they were off into slavery. Uh, Jesus, or, or Satan, tried to exterminate uh, the Jews under the time of Esther. Uh, it was Herod the Great that tried to exterminate uh, the, Jesus himself by killing all the babies two years and under. Satan has always tried to keep the Messiah from coming. But now that he's come and he's died for his sins, Satan is going to try to keep Israel from existing, and he used people like Hitler to exterminate six million Jews. So the things that we're seeing today play very much an important role in what we're seeing today um, in Israel being back in the land, an absolute miracle uh, that they are back in the land after 2,000 years of being out of their original homeland, and God's got a plan for them. And and uh, we're going to see uh, that, uh, unfortunately, there's going to be great upheaval and and turmoil that will happen in the future to Israel. Hey, brother, do you mind doing a small prayer? I've been going through a lot of tests and a lot of... Um you know, affliction lately, and I would really appreciate it if you do a small prayer for me and my wife, my family, please. Absolutely. I pray for my brother and his wife. Lord, I I thank you for his call, and I, I pray that you would help him with just the difficulty they're going through. Uh, Lord, the enemy trying to divide them, and that they would look to you to bring everything they need, forgiveness, restoring, um, just a rededication of, of to you. Um, to come together and to move forward in the Lord. I pray that you would do that work, and Lord, that you would keep them strong and um, and as one. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. God bless you, you bet, my brother. brother. You bet. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, let's go while we got a few minutes. John in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, hey John. Um, listen, thank you for taking my call. 
I got to tell you, the call before that last one with Seth yeah. and rededicating his life and the product will come back, I'm going to continue praying for him. And I think there's thousands of other believers in the, lo- in, in the nation are going to be praying for him too. So Seth, oh. you're still listening. I can, I can relate to you and, you know, we're going to be praying for you. Well, I appreciate but, uh, that. You're, you're absolutely welcome. Um, that touched my heartstrings right there. It kind of got welled up with tears a little bit. It was what this is all about. This radio station is all about. You know what yep. I mean? Yep, Drawing others closer, closer so, uh, to the Lord. Um, listen, my question, I've had this question for many years. This is in First Kings chapter 8, verse 9. This is when King Solomon just finished the temple, and he went to the city of David, got the Ark of the Covenant, and brought it with a lot of, lot of uh, sacrificing and praise and worship. Brought it and put it into the holy of holies. Right. Um, in verse nine, it says there was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. But. I, I, you know, sometimes we just don't know the answers, you know, that God doesn't tell us, so we don't really need to know. But I, I know that there was manna in there, and there was Aaron's budding staff right. had been in there. Is it when, when they took the ark to the, the Philistines, took it and put it in, the, in the, the temple of Dagon or something, maybe they took it out or something? Yeah, we, or what do you think? We don't know, but you're right, because Exodus, I believe, 16 tells us, that there were three items in the ark. There was the golden pot that had the manna. There was the uh, tablets of stone, and then Aaron's rod that budded. We read about that. Uh, Aaron was told to put the rods in in the book of Numbers when you read chapter 16 and 17. And so by the time, uh, here you are, that's in uh, Moses' time, what, 1500 B.C.? The time you get to Solomon over 500 years later, there is the Ark of the Covenant that's put into the um, temple, Solomon's temple, and there's only one item, that is the two tablets of stones. We don't know what happened to the other things. Um, We don't know if um, it was taken. Um, We know that um, that was before it went to the temple of Dagon um, is, is when it was put in. Uh, we also know that the Ark of the Covenant may have been taken out for a short time as well. Uh, after Solomon's reign, the nation split, and then there's all this idol worship in Manasseh and Ahaz and bringing idols in. And then Josiah ordered that the Ark be brought back into the Holy of Holies. So we don't know what happened to the two items at that time that you're asking about there in First Kings um Let's see, First Kings chapter what uh, eight at the dedication of the temple, but we don't know. We don't know what happened to it. So the Bible doesn't say. I wonder if maybe the Philistines took it out when it was at Dagon, the well, temple that, of Dagon. Yeah, and um, that was let's see. Yeah, that would be before. That's in First Samuel chapter four. So chronologically, that happened right at the end of the book of of the days of the judges, right? Uh, that's before David become king. That's before Solomon uh, would build the temple. So I don't know. I suppose it could be um, as the ark was captured by the Philistines. Um, we also know that when the ark was put on the cart by the 
the milk cows that went back into Israel coming in that um that there was those men that looked into the ark a certain city I can't think of it and many of them died did they take something out we don't know so we don't know from the time of you know that it was in Shiloh and then captured by the Philistines to the time of where David brought the ark back to the city of David where it was under a tabernacle uh, a tent till Solomon built the temple we just don't know yeah well that's um so I guess you know I don't know I was kind of eagle eye I caught there but you know when I read that the first time I put a note in my um in my 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 Bible I said well, what about the manna and the staff and uh, I just you know was rereading over that again you know a couple nights mm-hmm. ago and I thought I'm, I need to call about that yeah because we just some things we just don't know we just we just don't know, and the big question is where's the Ark of the Covenant? The last time that the Ark of the Covenant was mentioned is in the days of Josiah to be asked in, and there's lots of theories that it went to Egypt, you know, during the days of Manasseh. I don't think it did because Josiah would not ask for the Ark to be put back in, you know, during that time after Manasseh. He's the grandson of Manasseh. If it wasn't there, the other theory is perhaps that there's some tunnels under the Temple Mount that was hidden or it was taken away, but we don't know what happened to the Ark of the Covenant. It's very fascinating, and um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Music. All right. God bless you. Hey, everybody, thanks. If you didn't get a chance to call in, I'll be back tomorrow at the same time. In the meantime, keep praying, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, and, and keep your eyes on the Lord. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.